Kelly Mella is an occupational therapist and autism consultant who supports school-aged children and young adults with autism spectrum disorder. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Dana. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So, Kelly, what made you go into the OT path and specialize in helping families with kids on the spectrum? Yeah, Uh, Well, it's a rather long story, so I'll try to make it as short as possible. Um, But when I was a teenager, I volunteered for a program called Special Olympics, um, and I helped coach the swim team. And I loved it so much. And the head coach of the um, Special Olympics swim team at the time was in OT school, my friend Carrie Hample. And she said, you know, you really love doing this. I can tell. Have you ever thought about becoming an occupational therapist? And I'm like, well, I don't even know what occupational occupational therapy is, but I looked into it, fell in love with it. The rest is history. So I'm so glad um, to be an OT and I feel so fortunate. I work with the best people on earth, um, all of my autistic clients and their families. Like I really feel so blessed to have the job that I do. And what is exactly sensory disorder? Okay, well, so that is one of my passions is supporting uh, the sensory needs of my um, clients. And um, what we know is that for all of us, this is not just um, specialized to autistic people, but we all have um, a unique, unique way of experiencing the senses. And so that can include our five senses that most of us are familiar with, like smell and sight and sound and touch and taste. And some of us are more aware of those sensations. Like we might be more aware of sounds in our environment and others of us are less aware of the sounds in our environment. Um, We also have three inner senses. Uh, We have proprioception, which is your um, your ability to feel where your body is in space. So like many of us can put our arm out to the side, bent in like a 90 ish degree angle. And, um, for many of us, we have little receptors in our muscles and joints telling us where our arm is located in space. We don't need to look at our arm to know we can feel where our arm is. And that's all the felt sense of proprioception. Then we have an inner sense called vestibular and that's our sense of movement. And so every time we move, we have little receptors in our inner ear telling us about how we are moving and in what direction we're moving. And then finally we have interoception, which is um, our sense of how our body is feeling. So we can feel maybe our heart racing or our stomach growling or our bladder feeling full. Um, and we have receptors in all of our different body parts telling us about how these body parts are feeling. And so the same as the outer senses, inner, inner senses, we all have different levels of how aware we are of where our body is, how we're moving and how our body feels. And so when we talk about sensory as OTs, it's all about exploring with our autistic clients or other clients um, how aware they are of their sensations. And we know that for some autistic people, they can be overly aware of maybe sounds or sights in their environments, and that can really make them feel very unsafe and dysregulated. Um, Or they can range all the way to the other hand where they might be under aware of these sensations. So they might miss a sound in the environment, or they might miss a feeling coming from their bodies. Um, So it's really a range of how aware we are of what's going on outside of our bodies and inside of our bodies. And how do we teach children all these body signals if they're not aware to all these signals at all? That's a great question. Um, So if we're talking specifically about interoception, um, which is really the newest sense and what most parents aren't really familiar with, I mean, at least I wasn't until I started reading about interoception, 
what we know is that for many people, some autistic people, and really just the general population, we all, again, have different awareness of how our body is feeling. Some of us are very aware of how our bodies are feeling and some of us are less aware. And so for some of my clients, um, they, they might be um, missing important internal signals um, or feelings. So they might miss the feeling of a growling stomach or they might miss the feeling of tense muscles. And all of these body signals are telling them important information about their emotional experience. So for example, that growling stomach might be that clue that they're hungry. Um, so for some of my clients, they might be missing that important clue. So they're relying on their caregivers just to remind them, like, did you eat? Did you eat breakfast? Did you eat lunch today? Right. Um, and so we're working really hard on like your question, how do we help people to begin to become a little bit more aware of these important clues that are coming from our bodies? Um, and so what the, the research is telling us is that mindfulness or body mindfulness is um, what is shown to improve or enhance that ability to notice our internal feelings, our interceptive feelings. Um, and body mindfulness just refers to our ability to pay attention to how our body feels in the present moment. And for my clients, that is really hard to do for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it's hard for me to do, and I'm an adult uh, with a fully developed brain, uh, but really being able to pay attention to how your body is feeling in the present moment is, is very hard. Um, so as an OT, we're really trained in how do you adapt things to make them more successful for the clients that we serve. So we're adapting body mindfulness, making it really playful. We're chunking it down so that a lot of my clients, they really struggle with attention um, because they're a lot of times their attention is pulled outside of their body. They are monitoring the external environment because they are so sensitive to whether it's sounds or sights or smells. And so their 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 attention is monitoring the outside world because uh, the outside world feels can be very scary to their nervous system and they're just you know on guard protecting themselves so they don't have that internal attention you know the resources to pay attention so we're really um adapting body mindfulness so how do we how do we help our learners start to turn tune in start to notice some um, feelings coming from their body but we're also taking into account um, how do we make the outside world feel safe enough so that they have those resources to start to notice feelings in their bodies? So how do the actually, how do we start? I mean, yeah. what would be the first step? <laughs> okay, so I think as a parent, uh, like it, the, the best thing you can start to do is just what we call um, talking the interception talk or talking body talk. So just start noticing the way your body's feeling during daily activities and start talking about it out loud. So like maybe you're holding a cup of tea and you say, oh my goodness, my hands feel warm when I'm holding this tea. Or maybe you're running around playing with your child and you can say, oh my gosh, my heart feels fast when I'm running around playing with you. So just start talking out loud about how your body is feeling because we know that for all children, they are little sponges. They soak up language from the caregivers in, in their environments. And that's so true even for autistic people. And um, so just having parents talk about their own body sensations is a great first step. Then you can start moving into um, using body talk to help your child start to notice and tune in to how their body is feeling 
and doing so when your child's feeling calm and regulated and you're just playing and having fun. So maybe you're holding your cup of tea and you're saying, oh, my hands feel warm when I'm holding my tea. And then maybe just in a safe way, having your child like, you know, feel the, the cup of tea and say like, how do your hands feel when you're, when you're holding this? And you don't necessarily need a verbal response from your child. Um, just getting them engaged, noticing, tuning into how their hands are feeling. If they want to give a word to describe what they notice in their own hands, that's great. But a lot of times we ask, we get asked, like, can you do? Can you start doing interception work with uh, with learners that don't speak to communicate? And the answer is yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we need to presume competence. That's why we start with the the parents and caregivers talking about their body first, because we know autistic people are taking in so much yes. of the world around them, right? And then we start bridging it over into helping them start to notice sensations in their bodies during daily activities. So you don't really need to stop your normal routines. Like we're trying to embed this interception work into everything you're already doing. It's just a little bit of a shift of thinking and start noticing your own body and then start helping your child notice the way their bodies are feeling. And how do we actually move from noticing, you know, our hands, our face, our external organs to mm -hmm. our inner sensations? Yeah, that's a great question. So we're always like you just you uh, just pointed out, we always start with outside body parts first, because you they tend to be more concrete, like you can observe your hands, and you can also notice how they're feeling, you can observe your feet and notice how they're feeling. So we start with outside body parts first, and then we work our way into the trickier sensations, the ones you can't see. Mm -hmm. um, so setting the stage with those outside body parts first, like your hands, your feet, your skin, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, and then working your way in to start noticing how your heart feels, your lungs are feeling, your stomach is feeling. Um, it's it, it, We use exactly the same kind of process. You're going to use that interoception talk, talking about the way your heart feels, talking about the way your stomach feels, and then helping your child to start to notice those sensations within their body. Um, and one of the things that we do also is that um, we provide some language supports because it can be really hard. Like your child might be noticing a feeling in their body, but they just don't have a word to use to describe what it is they're noticing. Um, and so you can make like little, um, little word banks. Um, I do this like on post-it notes. It does not have to be pretty. Um, sometimes I draw out the feeling. Sometimes I write it out depending on the reading level of my client and their learning style, but just starting to make a word bank, thinking about what are the different ways your heart can feel? What are the different ways your stomach can feel? And making little visual supports, again, they don't have to be pretty, but just making a little list of like your stomach can feel uh, full, it can feel growly, it can feel tingly, you know, just start that language your child doesn't necessarily need to use one of those words on the list. Um, they can, we want people to start creating their own words. Like there's no right or wrong word to describe your inner experience. And that's the cool part about interoception, right? Like it's your experience is valid and it's different from mine. And that's like, we're all about validating each person's unique experience. Um, but that, that language bank can be a nice starter if your child is having a hard time, like they're like noticing, but they just can't find a word to put to it. Um, and it doesn't have to be a spoken word. They can point to the word on the list or you can put it if they're using some kind of communication system, you can put those words into their communication system too. 
And uh, the bank words, can you find it on your website or is it part of the curriculum? Okay, so yeah, we have so many free resources on my website. Um, so if you go to kelly-mahler.com, um, the very right corner, we have a resource tab. And there's something on uh, in that drop-down menu called printables. They're all completely free. And one printable could be really helpful. There's a lot of helpful ones. But the one that we're talking about right now, it's something called Interoception Daily Activity List. And it gives you a lot of different daily activities that are already probably occurring in your lives that are great times to help your child to start to notice and tune in to um, how those body parts are feeling. Um, and if you're looking for some example menus of, um, of like, you know, the language support that we are talking about, if you go to, we have a resource called the body check ring, um, and it is a paid resource, but we have free samples of it on my website. So you can just look there and get your own ideas and then create your own menus for free. Um, if you don't have the, the uh, resources to, to buy the menu. And Kelly, when is the right stage to start with the body check? Oh, great question. Um, so my vote is to start um, as early as possible. Uh, we're training infant mental health specialists right now to start to help caregivers nurture interceptive awareness in all children at the earliest age. So really, there's no set rule about when to start. Um, I would vote to start today um, and just start again, like start talking about the way your own body feels and then slowly over time, start to help your child to, to, to notice um, and start to, to um, start to notice the way their bodies are feeling as well. So no, you, you can never start too early. And you also recommend doing yoga. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the fun ways that we are using to nurture um, nurture the interception growth in all learners is yoga, um, but we are shifting traditional yoga. So yo traditional yoga is more of a focus on assuming and holding a pose like, you know, maybe you go into downward facing dog, right? And it's all about the um, your form and holding that pose. And our work is while you're in downward dog, using some supports to um, guide a person to noticing how their body is feeling while they're doing downward facing dog. That's where the interception piece comes in. So noticing how your hands feel while you're pressing them into the mat or noticing how the back of your legs feel. Maybe you feel like a stretch or tightness or whatever it is for you, but noticing the way your body feels while you're doing yoga. That's when it becomes an interception, um, an interception activity. Huh. And uh, what you do in cases of self-regulation when the child doesn't want to breathe properly <laughs> and gets into much more anxiety than before? Yeah. Okay. So in those um, cases, then I would just abandon deep breathing. Um, that might not be the strategy for that um, individual or that child. Um, I mean, I, I think breathing is really important. I think the research supports that. But that being said, not everyone is inclined to use deep breathing when they start to get anxious. So if that's not working, then we need to find what does work for that individual. What, what, what 
activities promote feel-good sensations in their body. And it doesn't sound like in that situation that deep breathing is it for them, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I do see that. And it's so funny you ask because I do a lot of work in the schools and like, I'll come into a classroom and all the kids in the classroom, all the students, they have access to like the same four strategies, self-regulation strategies. Like everyone can do deep breathing. You can go for a walk. You can like sit in a beanbag chair and you can get a fidget. I'm like, that's not the way it works for any of us. Like you probably have a whole list of feel good strategies that you use and I have a list and if we compare them they would be so different right and but we don't do that with our kids with our students it's bizarre so I I love your question and deep breathing is not for all Um, so we need to really help each individual person find what it is that is helpful for them to self-regulate I like the story of one of your students who counted corners Yes. Yep. (laughs) Yes. I had a past student who is now a a very successful adult and he uh, discovered that when he would go into a room, he would look for all of the different squares um, and like object or shapes with corners and he would count all of the corners. And for that, that was so regulated, regulating for him. He, I would have never thought to put that in his like strategy list, right? Um, and, but that's something through the process that I use is that it's all about self-discovery. It's all about finding what works for you. It's not about me telling you what I think you should do. Um, and through that process, that was so empowering for him. And he still does it to this day. You don't even know he's doing it, but I've tried it myself and it's not regulating for me. It makes me dizzy. It makes me dizzy, but it just goes to show we're all so different. Uh-huh. And how does the interception sense affect the emotions and behavior of the children? Mm. Okay. That's a, that's a big question. Good one. So what research says is that the way our body feels, so those interoceptive sensations, whether it's the way our heart feels or our muscles feel or our skin feels or our stomach feels, um, those clues coming from our bodies, the way our body feels is, gives us important clues to what emotion we're feeling. Um, And again, it's so different for each one of us. But like when I get anxious, I have a really tight feeling in my chest and I have a really tight feeling in my shoulders and neck. When I feel those sensations, I know that I am starting to feel anxious. Like those are my clues to my emotional experience. So our body is constantly giving us these clues, these interceptive feelings that then inform what emotion we're feeling. And so if we are clearly aware of what emotion it is we're feeling, that is what prepares us to be able to then care for our body's needs, our emotional needs. So when I know that I'm anxious, then that helps me, helps to guide my next step. Like, what do I need to do to take care of myself when I'm feeling anxious? Or if I notice like, When I feel hungry, I get a growly feeling in my stomach. So that clue lets me know, the growling feeling lets me know I'm hungry and guides my next step. I know like I need to eat to self-regulate my needs. And so interoception is like what lies at step one, like that foundation of self-regulation. And it's often a piece that's missing. Like we skip it a lot of times and we're really good at teaching like coping skills. Like you said, like take deep breaths or... 
um, you know, use a vet, a deep pressure vest or go for a walk or whatever it is. We're teaching all these coping skills. But for a lot of our learners, they are missing those those interceptive clues telling them when they need to use those coping skills. Like they're, they're missing those vital, uh, that vital information saying like, oh, like I noticed something's off in my body. This might be a time I should maybe use one of those, um, those, you know, coping skills or feel good strategies. Um, and then they get blamed a lot of times for uh, being oppositional, like you're not using the coping strategies we taught you, right? Or um, you can't generalize what it is I'm teaching you. Like they get blamed for it and it's not their fault at all. It's it's our fault. We're missing the interception piece. We're missing that foundation that every single one of us needs to be, uh, to be a fairly successful self-regulator. And any advice for moms who get anxious dealing with their kids? Yeah, well, so <laughs> uh, this is advice for myself as well. Um, and working on my own interceptive awareness has, gosh, it has, I'm, it's a work in progress, I have to say still, but it has really, really um, has benefited my life in so many ways. But if we go back to what we talked about, that interception talk, the body talk, just naturally talking out loud about the way your body is feeling is going to just automatically nurture your own interceptive awareness because you have to tune in. You have to notice kind of what's going on in your body to be able to talk out loud and label it for your child. Um, so really listening to the messages that our bodies are sending as moms is really important. Caregivers, anyone in general to really listen and um, listen to what our bodies are saying. And if your body is saying like, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, that that's a sign that we need to take time for ourselves that that proper self-care so that we can be the best caregiver that best support for our 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 children and loved ones and i think as a society like we're really bad at that like we're, we're trained to push through ignore it you know put everyone's needs ahead of our own ignore what your body is telling you until our bodies just sometimes just completely shut down like maybe we get really sick or you know like people have heart attacks like you know we just that's the society we live in we just push and push and push until our bodies just give in so really trying to do better and again, this is advice for myself too, doing better at listening to what our bodies are telling us and taking steps to, for that proper self-care is so important. And Kelly, your curriculum, can it be bought internationally? Yeah, so we have the interception curriculum. Um, you can get it on my website or you can even just look at it on my website. Um, we ship internationally every single day. Um, it is designed originally for professionals to use in supporting families, um, but we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of caregivers out there using it um, directly with their children, and we are working on something that would be. Um, targeted directly for caregivers. Um, I have a daughter that has had a lot of different therapies before, and I know um, firsthand how challenging it can be, like to have all these therapists saying, um, you know, do this at home, do this at home, do this at home, right? And life is just busy and um, it's really hard to execute everything that all of your therapists are telling you to do, right? Um, so our caregiver program is aimed at making this as easy as possible and embedding it into the things you're already doing. Uh -huh. um, 
so how do parents uh, get in touch with you and find the website? Yeah, so my website is um, www.kelly-mahler.com. And my last name is spelled M-A-H-L-E-R. Uh, and we have tons of free resources. Like I said, the printables, but then we have videos and podcasts and lots of free blog posts um, on there. So you can uh, learn a lot more about interception if it speaks to you. And um, then we also have our paid resources on there as well. Wow. Kelly, thank you so much for this wonderful talk and wonderful information and sharing yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for letting me come on your podcast.